Welcome to Disney Versus, where no one is getting replaced. This is the podcast where we have animated hey. discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. I'm Heather. And I'm Ben. <laughs> and there's Ben. That is Ben. <laughs> if you're new to the show, we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies. We've ranked them in a March Madness style bracket. And we uh, talk about them, debate them, talk shit about them until we have a true winner. We have a guest, as you hear. <laughs> He's a very good friend of ours. <laughs> Woo! He is he's pretty much uh, Olaf incarnate. And he's proud of it. Oh, yeah. Ben Hillard is here. <laughs> yes, hello. How are you, Ben? I'm doing really well. How are you guys? <laughs> We're good. So good. Glad, yeah, glad to be on the show. I've been, you know, we talked about it a while ago, and I was like, when's it happening? And then, yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's exciting. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you picked an easy episode for me to be on. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. going to be the easiest episode ever. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so let's get to know Ben a little bit. Ben, what is your uh, history with Disney? When did you find out you were a Disney fan? Oh, geez. I, when did I find out I was a Disney fan? Man, that... I don't think that that's a fair question. Like, I, I mean, I've <laughs> done Disney my entire life. Like, actually... Gosh, I'm trying to think back. Like one of my, I remember feeling so. There's so the, uh, like just a little bit of history. Like especially when I was really, really young. Like there were there were a couple years where I lived out of the country, and one of my earliest memories of moving back into the country, we were staying with some of my family members uh, in Arizona, and I remember very like this is one of my is very very clear memory to me. But I was sitting in sitting in my room i was watching tv in there or whatever at this at this family's house or and we were i was watching peter pan but i remember that my parents had told me hey ben this is yours like it was the old vhs blister mm. pack you know yeah. peter pan which is yes. a, i mean of course phenomenally classic amazing disney movie mm-hmm. and i was i just remember sitting there watching it i think it was the part where they were like flying around big ben and everything and i was like mm-hmm. this is mine yeah Felt really good. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, my relationship with Disney is, I mean, is, is, is as old as I am. I mean, you know, I was, I mean, I'm, a, you know, a, I was born in the early 90s. So I think I would still consider myself a 90s kid to a certain degree. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I grew right? up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, 92. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, of course, I grew up with uh, with movies like Peter Pan and Snow White and, you know, Lion King came out in 90. So it was huge at that time when I was growing up. So like all those old classic Disney films are are the one things that I grew up on. And then, of course, I was starting to, you know, really grow it when all of this move to Pixar was. So, you know, of course, so like Toy Story and and Finding Nemo and Monsters, Inc. and Cars. Like, all of those were the movies that released when I was a kid, and so I'm, I'm really close to those, too. Um, mm-hmm. some, some Disney films that I think are phenomenal and phenomenally underrated to a certain degree. Um, Emperor's New Groove, for some reason, doesn't yeah. get much love, but that's one of my favorite... I don't know, like, at least in, amongst my friends. Like, there are some people like, Emperor's New Groove, huh? And I was like, excuse you. <laughs> no, ph- I mean, it's phenomenal. Like, everything, mm-hmm. everything about that movie is great. Yeah. Like, I love it. And then another one of my fan, like, one of my all-time favorites is Treasure Planet. Like, yes, there's, thank there's you! A lot- oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, good. Oh, yes, no, seriously. <laughs> Man, and, yes, no, good. Because I, and I could go on about it for, for ages. Like, and there, oh. I, I actually read about it a while ago. Like, there's a lot of like marketing reasons it didn't go over so well and it wasn't super popular mm-hmm. apparently steam like pulled out of the project to do the music for it or something which was yeah. like not good press or something but it was amazing like yeah. it was this it was a technological marvel because they you know it was one of the other one of three movies i think that melded the traditional hand animation with the 3d animation and it yeah. did it mm-hmm. super super well mm-hmm. um also there's a character named ben who i think a lot of my qualities are you know embodied in him as well (laughs) but um but no treasure planet is a is a is a phenomenal interesting kind of steampunk tank on uh, take on space exploration i think it takes the sort of that i that you know that idyllic pirate colonial era lifestyle and adapts it into that steampunk space travel ridiculously well i Mm -hmm. love the music oh yeah listen i mean that's one of my top five especially like kids and animated scores but that's like Mm -hmm. that makes my like tori has the fluid top five like that score makes my fluid my fluid level favorites (laughs) if that makes sense um 
so so Treasure Planet is phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to think of other other Disney movies, but like I. I I mean especially like those all of the early ones and the stuff that we grew up with to the early to mid 2000s like those are a lot of my favorite movies growing up and stuff. Okay, I dig it. Yeah. Before we get to the episode itself, we have a brief smidgen of news that I wanted to talk about. There's been some casting news for um the new Mulan movie that's been moved to 2020 now. Ugh. I just want this movie to happen already. Mm-hmm. I want it to be good. That thank that you. Is important. I agree. <laughs> quality so if, quality over speediness. Speediness. Yeah. Yes. Over uh, speediness. Speediness. I'll take it. Over <laughs> I love it. Jason Lee Scott has been cast as Khan, who will be uh, another villain for Mulan uh, against the, as as well as the with the, the the aforementioned. I think she was a witch. Someone was cast as uh, a witch. Jason Lee Scott played adult Mowgli in the early Disney Jungle Book movie. I think it came out in 94. And more recently, he was the voice of David in all of the Lilo and Stitch media. Hey. All right. I'm on board with that. And he is of Asian descent. That's all I got for news. Uh Let's get into cool. this. Uh, this is gonna be this like awesome matchup. It's gonna be great. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. No feelings are gonna be hurt here at all. Nope. What? Do We're you mean? all going to remain friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say this now. Let's say this now. <laughs> Grace, what are we doing today? This week's matchup is Finding Nemo versus Toy Story. Oh dear God. I just I just wanted to let it be known. My Skype like zoomed in on your face right before you said that and made it super dramatic. Oh, it it feels super dramatic. <laughs> I felt that was appropriate. I I have been asking people all day. Uh, so I'm doing a podcast today and we're talking about these two and people had some feelings, some of which aligned with my own and some of which did not. So mm. I'm already a little little hot for this topic. Mm-hmm. I told one of my friends, and she immediately was like, Finding Nemo. Oh, wait, which Toy Story? The original? <laughs> oh, that's way harder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, watched, I watched Finding Nemo earlier, and I watched Toy Story Monday. Mm-hmm. And Because Tori actually does his homework. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> how do we even start? Well, how, first how? on the agenda says, which has the better story? Uh, but how do you well let's define better story first (laughs) i don't know how about let's let's go back so both of these are kind of adventure saga stories Uh, can i just can i just put my cards on the table yes of course let me make a statement let me just make a statement and be kind of binary this is going to be an episode, guys. Um, Finding, yeah. Nemo's, yeah. <laughs> Finding Nemo's is more plot-driven, I think. There are beats that, like, this happens, and they're, it's more set-piece-driven. And then Toy Story... There are acts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toy Story, it's kind of like there's a snowball effect, I think. Yeah, I can, I can, I can roll with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was asking people today, I was pleased to hear that people had pretty much they had different feelings but for the same reasons so the people who like Toy Story valued it because it was the first of its kind the first Pixar release um, first digital animation movie so it was more about what they talked about was how impactful it was on the animation industry. Mm-hmm. Totally value that opinion on board. I have grown to not hate Toy Story. Not that I hate hey. is a strong word. I, I didn't like Toy Story uh, until really Toy Story 3 came out and I went back and watched it again and gave it a second try. It's still not even close to my top 10. Listen to our previous but, episode for that. Yeah, those <laughs> hot takes though. Uh, multiple. Um, she has, but then <laughs> she has the, stayed at these points. Because we're, we're in it. Because we're in it now. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing for, for Finding Nemo was that it was an incredible 
story and that it was incredibly beautiful, uh, especially on the big screen. And that my friend Andrew commented that every time he watches it, he finds something new, whether it's a new reflection or um, just something new in the background. Or Mm -hmm. for me, what I notice is new voices. There are different voices that I recognize that I didn't recognize before. Um, I enjoy the story more. Also, before Tori goes in on how Toy Story is better than Finding Nemo, I would like to say, for the record, that Toy Story was the birth of <laughs> Disney Versus because it was the first drunken Disney. You mean Finding Nemo was? Yeah. What did I say? You said Toy Story. Oh, damn it. Literally the opposite. <laughs> that was Good job, almost Grace. cool, but it wasn't almost. the other one. So, yeah, Finding Nemo was the birth of Disney versus because it was the first drunken Disney. Drunk Disney. That's, that's a Aww. fair point. In watching Finding Nemo I, today, I I was actually listening for Alice and Janney's voice because you said you love mm. her as Peach. I, I try to watch the. It's so hard to watch these uh, with different eyes like i have to i have to be super analytical and it's hard because i've seen you know i've seen toy story probably literally a hundred times and for finding nemo it's probably around 50 but doesn't really matter you see something so much you can you can only pick it apart so much being objective i would have to say that I think Finding Nemo might have the better story because I've said it. I've said it in the past. It's more of an odyssey of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like Marlin has different. It's kind of a. It's kind of a hero's journey. Marlin isn't a. Well, no, it's not a hero's journey. It's just Marlin getting over his extreme anxiety. Yeah. No. I. Th- I think hero's mm-hmm. journey counts. There's a fatal flaw, and he goes through these different um, trials to get over that fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ben weigh in. So I was, and I, I, I will admit, I, I didn't do quite as much homework on this as maybe I should have. Um, <laughs> but, but both of these movies are very near and dear to my heart. But one of the things that, and, and I listened to, not, not all, but a little bit of the, because it actually was very fortunate that both of the the things that led up to this episode were both in the same episode. (laughs) So, so that was, that made it easier for me. I didn't have to search through the whole list, which was great. (laughs) But, um, but one of the, but one of the things that we were, that we were talking about, because the last one that was, because I I mostly only listened to the Fox and the Hound versus uh, Toy Story. Mm. And one of the things that you were, that you guys sort of talked about between Fox and the Hound and Toy Story is both of them were sort of like the beginning of these two new uh, animation styles, respectively, and they're different in their different ways, right? So Mm -hmm. in, in a way where those two movies can be compared by their beginnings of being part of uh, different uh, different eras of animation history in a way I kind of feel like, cause I mean, Toy Story in my opinion, and to be fair, like I love most movies. Um, mm-hmm. so don't like, so, so know that I tend to generally be an optimist about most things, but, um, so, but Toy Story was great and it was awesome. And especially for its time, like being the first of its kind and being the first, you know, Disney Pixar movie, like it was, it did phenomenally well. I feel like, Finding Nemo because it was several years later and there were a couple there were a few movies between Toy Story and Finding Nemo like you know it's fair to say that Finding Nemo is the natural progression of excellence in Pixar if that Mm -hmm. makes sense so so something that I think is important especially while we're compared like we we, the the thing that I was thinking about especially the past couple days I was kind of getting ready for this whole thing it's like okay so Finding Nemo is going to be objectively better animation-wise because the technology got better. A lot of the people that worked on Finding Nemo were the same people yep. that worked on Toy Story and other <coughs> movies since. So it's, again, mm-hmm, objectively mm-hmm. going to be better. Um, they've had, they had more time to think about, their, about the style and to kind of make... Because I, I think one of the things that's most attractive to me about Finding Nemo is that, I mean, if you, th- you look at the way that they use space and emptiness and like because you know the ocean is big and they like Mm -hmm. captured that so well and even you know thomas newman is the one that did the music for that and even his music is just like "Ah, so good right Mm -hmm. um 
but so again, but but all that to say is like it, some we kind of got to decide whether or not we're going to say well I because I think Finding Nemo is a better movie objectively in a lot of ways. But again, part of that is because it was made by more or less the same people who are in charge of Pixar. Uh, they had more time as a studio to kind of figure out what they were. So you got to decide if we're going to go like objectively what is better or sort of what was, I mean, you could even look at other things like, was it culturally impactful at the time? Or, you know, maybe, maybe Toy Story is better or we, we like Toy Story better because it set the stage so well for the rest of Pixar. I don't know. That just my thought. Like, I think both movies are, are really, really good. I, we just got to kind of define what, what we're going to discuss and decide is is the defining yeah. factor of so which is better. We all have kind mm-hmm. of different different ways that we like to decide. My throwback, the thing that I always go back to, is which movie would I want to sit in a room if I had to sit in a room and watch one of these movies over and over again? Which one would it be? Mm. And for me, that is absolutely Finding Nemo. Sure. Um, part of it's the relationship I have with it. Part of it is that I do always find something new. I love the voice acting. I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful. For me, like, that is that is what makes this movie the winner for me. Okay. I try to look at the movies um, on, like, entertainment. What What is the movie... Entertainment value. What is the movie trying to say? I try to look at it based on the sum of its parts and then, you know, the, the whole itself. Because I, I can't do, I can't decide the way Grace does. Because if I watch any movie 10 times in a day, I'm going to want to, you know, jump out of the nearest window. So that's not a really good way for me to look at anything. <laughs> Having watched Lion King, I think, three or four times in a row when I was babysitting my godbrother Max when I was younger, I can say, like, mm, that one doesn't really get old after four times in a row. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Huh. I mean, For sure. it's it's after that sixth time that I kind of start to crack, but just a little bit. <laughs> but again, that's, movies, it that's doesn't even movie. take that long, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just the title will make me crack. Okay. So, so then, Tori, what do you? What are your? What is your gut reaction between the two? Then, just uh, I see. That's why we made the 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 which is better the 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 points. Right. <laughs> better story. Better story. I will say, uh, Finding Nemo. Because I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's more sprawling. I like what you said about space. Because I noticed in mm-hmm. watching it that in the prologue, basically they're marveling at the vastness of the ocean. The big mm-hmm. ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, wow, the ocean is big. That's what they're marveling at. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's a smash cut right after the title. They emerge. He and uh, Marlon and Nemo emerge from the anemone. And it holds on the fact that... They're so enclosed. Like, there's all this stuff around Mm. them now. And Mm, I didn't realize that until today. It's like, Marlon did a complete 180. He loved space, but after Mm -hmm. space got his wife and his his multitude of children killed, space Mm -hmm. isn't a good thing. Holy crap. Yeah. Man, the clownfish was a good choice. That's, oh, that's Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Golly. (laughs) Never even thought about it that way. (laughs) Based based on that alone, I think uh, for story Mm. and like that, that is the inciting incident of Marlon's anxiety. And then it goes from there Mm. throughout the story. So for story alone, for the story, I will go with Finding Nemo. Sure. Characters, though transitioning into characters i think mm. toy story has characters? i think i think characters i would give it to toy story because you have to think you have to ask yourself who is the bad guy in toy story so <laughs> right here's here's the thing about characters um i think when we're talking about ensemble cast totally toy story wins i think when we talk about character development Nemo wins. Um, you have this um, hmm. this beautiful character development arc for Nemo and for Marlin, and I I don't think that's that's the same. Like even for Buzz and for Woody, like that's just not it's not the same. But I think as an ensemble cast, Toy Story wins. Mm-hmm. As far as heroes, I think we're talking hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I still think Finding Nemo wins and. I don't think it's so much that there's a villain as much in either story. 
mm-hmm. as much as it's just life. It's there are all of these these truths of life mm-hmm. that you have to butt up against, and really, it's how you handle them that that determines how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's like, well, shit, that's way more higher level philosophy than who's the bad guy. Okay, the good guy's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the bad guy for Marlin is just not having his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. true. There's not like a main villain in Finding Nemo. That's interesting. I think he's kind of like his own villain in a sort, like in a sense, just because he's having to face all of these fears that he's had. Yeah. You know, ever since the tragic beginning of everything, you know, <laughs> so he's had to actually go out and he's heard, you know, scary stories about sharks. He meets some sharks, and then he's like, oh man, now I have to like go through. And, like, meet all these turtles after getting knocked out. Oh, shit. (laughs) And now I'm over here and they're seagulls, you know. And so it's, like, he has to kind of go through a whole bunch of stuff to basically get to to be more accepting, I guess. And to be more open-minded and, like, realize that, like, life isn't as scary as it seems. That and also it's worth going through scary things to get your kid. Just saying. And um, <laughs> or have some of these other amazing experiences and meet some of these awesome characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. While with Toy Story, they do make friends with what Sid's toys, mm-hmm. but then, then that's like kind the of aliens, like right. Yeah, you know, and then like it stops there. And really, I feel like Toy Story, mm. it's Woody, it's Woody and Buzz learning to tolerate each other, and mm-hmm. then finally they become friends. And mm. like now, Andy's room isn't as tense because these two toys can now get along yeah. and I, like that's kind of like where it stops for me and i'm just like well you know and in thinking about it just now with you guys laying it out that way these movies are way more similar than you think i mean they really are yeah woody woody and marlin start off as kind of their own worst enemy i mean woody woody mm-hmm. is okay until buzz arrives when buzz arrives mm-hmm. until woody becomes a dick yeah Woody becomes a jerk, <laughs> and then he becomes really the antagonist to Buzz, who isn't really the... Buzz isn't really the protagonist. He's just there. He's just a toy that doesn't think he's a toy, and then realizes later that he's a toy. <laughs> yeah. It goes through a midlife well, well, crisis. Well, it, it's almost... You can almost even, like, distill it down to... They both start... Like, both Marlon... Because, you know, Marlon, of course, is like has his wife, and then he has his kids, and then, you know, Woody has his world, and they're in control, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the conflict of the story is they're not in control, whatever it was that caused mm-hmm. that to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Whether the family gets wiped out, or there's a new addition <laughs> to the <family>. So sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, both of their families get wiped out in different ways. Ah! Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. Gosh. Sorry. Deep. Deep oh, nice. this is great. <laughs> Welcome to Disneyverse. Yay! <laughs> talk Love about it. Deep stuff. But uh, I think, uh, as far as I, I will, ag- I will agree with what Grace said. Uh, the individual characters and ensembles are better in Toy Story because I think you could, you could honestly give, with the exception of Bo Peep, because she really doesn't add all that much. Um, I'm thinking of Jesse there for a love interest and like that's kind of it (laughs) yeah Jesse is a much better female character later on sorry I want to make sure that I'm clear I don't think that Toy Story has the better singular characters I might agree with that as well you said Mm -hmm. you said ensemble yeah ensemble so like as a group they are a better team they are a better group cast but the individuals the sum is greater than the parts you know what I mean yeah Mm -hmm. it's the opposite in Finding Nemo if you write it in the right mm-hmm. way, you could give. Bu- I mean, Buzz got his own TV show. You could give Jesse her own movie. Mm-hmm. Again, if because they're toys, there are multiples of them. They could have different personalities. So you could have. I would watch a Mr. Potato Head movie. Oh, um, uh, don't give them any ideas. I mean, if if that ends up happening, we know it started here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tori Stay spoke tuned. it into Tori. existence. Stay because, I mean, we got a Finding Dory movie, and I can't really yeah. see any other characters except for, unless you gave the Tank Gang, as a collective, their own movie, yeah. nobody else really in Finding Nemo could carry mm-hmm. their own show or their own right. movie. Or at um, least not what we know about Dory. Dory through the movie. Yeah. I mean, I'll, Dory is a force in this. Dory is on point in this one in finding dory not so much because it's just her shtick yeah she is the Mm -hmm. marlin is the straight man to dory and um 
Hank in Finding Dory isn't as good of a straight man to do- yeah. to play off of Dory as Marlon was because Marlon was manic. Hank yeah. was just annoyed, so mm-hmm. yeah. he just crotched. Although I and and I do just want to put this out there, like I do, I agree. Finding Nemo is better than Finding Dory, but when Dory is found at the end and all the seashells, or spoiler alert, all the seashells are there and stuff. I was <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, like uh, that yeah. got me. That was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but no, but it's interesting too. Like, and, and I think I think I agree with Grace for the most part on the like. I do. Ha. I still think. Ha, yeah, well, the ch- ch- we have a chalkboard somewhere chalking it up different places, yeah. <laughs> but, um, the, but it's, I mean, I, I think one of the things that should be noted is that as an ensemble, I do think that the tank gang works really well together. I mean, like you, you know, the, the idea is that they're, you know, prisoners in this place and they've gotten together in their strife and they've developed the rapport. Like I feel the rapport big time. I mean, through just mm-hmm. through their interactions with each other and even through the uh, initiation ceremony that Nemo has to go through mm. and not with the shark bait. Huh? But yeah. the, um, but yeah, but I, but you know, it's, it, I think the, the way that I feel about it, like I'm okay with there not being, except for the tank gang, I think in Finding Nemo, I'm okay with there not necessarily being a, um, uh, with there being an ensemble, men, or like a feel of an ensemble. And again, part of that mm-hmm. is because the characters they meet don't join them on their journey. Each of these characters is a stop on their journey as they go. Right. You know, so yeah. right. so where where there isn't much of a feel of an ensemble of a cast. There are very, very good, significant individual encounters with, you know, with Bruce mm-hmm. and with the turtles. And even, I mean, even though the jellyfish don't do anything except try to eat them, like that, that's like, a, you know, and that might even be considered more of an environment taking the course of a character. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like in those spots on the Odyssey, on the hero's journey, like they, they developed those characters extremely well and had really compelling personalities that made you like, and as much as maybe you couldn't make a film or a TV series for each of those, like each, I, I, in the five or 10 minutes that maybe each of those characters was there, I loved them. Like they were mm-hmm. good and you connected with them very much. So, right. so even, even though, I do again. I do agree that Toy Story had a better ensemble of characters, um, and also I should note too. The, I remember Finding Nemo a little better than Toy Story because I saw it a little more recently. Um, but I, I think I felt a little bit more connected to the characters in Finding Nemo, especially just because the story was just so deeply emotional. Mm-hmm. And then with with mm-hmm. the you know, and then they both had an impact on on Marlin in very specific ways as he you know grew yeah. in his journey. At the beginning of the movie, Nemo kind of lays out a bucket list for Marlin, and everybody yes. that he, he everybody that. that he meets along the way is kind of they're checking the list, and the sharks yeah. and Crush, they're mm-hmm. all kind of like they're cameos, yeah, in the yeah, movie for sure, like cameo mm-hmm. by Crush the turtle, and I think that's kind of a fail. That's that's not to that's a crap on Finding Dory anymore, but I think now that I think about it, that's kind of where Finding Dory fails. For me, yeah, it fell short because mm-hmm. everybody that she meets that day ends up coming back in the climax, and the only person that we've yeah. kind of met throughout the movie that comes back at the end is Nigel, because Nigel's kind of the bridge between the Tank Gang and Marlon and Dory. There's a Doge, I think. There's two of them. Should I go shush them? Sorry. Okay, they're done. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize. No. I got it. <laughs> I think I'm gonna leave that in. I like it. Yes, good. Yeah. They're, they're lovely and they have lots of energy, but they have lots of energy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Toy Story gets characters, but I think Finding Nemo gets character development. Well, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Finding Nemo gets mm. characters okay. and character development. Toy Story gets ensemble. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yes. Okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I like how both of them were just like, wait. And the tour was like, wait, 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 hang on. This is literally not what we just said. Yeah. <laughs> we keep changing up our words. Just making sure you guys are paying attention. Oh, yeah. we are. Don't worry. You're There's right. a lot at stake here, Tori. <laughs> Come on. So, as Grace is actively painting her, no- her nails as she records. Yes. <laughs> I like how you said nose as you, ch- you uh, combined uh, nails and toes. And toes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so what's next? Better imagery and allegory. Ooh, I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> uh, 
the only thing that I can think of off the bat is Woody at the beginning saying that it doesn't how it doesn't matter how much we're played with. It just matters that we're here for Andy when he needs us. And then mm-hmm. immediately goes back on that. Yeah. He's like, no, it's you. Yeah. You didn't make it about Andy. You made it about you. Mm. Yeah. Right. So well, that cause, so does is that like just an element of the story or is that an allegory? I think we should turn this part into uh, elements, imagery, allegory, whatever you got. All kids in the pool. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry, because I, I mean, the, the, well, the only the only reason I ask is because to me, like allegory and tropes and stuff tends to be more of an overarching thing. That one, see, or, and like mm-hmm. sort of subtle. That one seems pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah. but but as far as like something that drives the story, like I mean, that's you know that sets up the movie in Toy Story for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so as far as, and if, if I can jump in here too, like as far as overarching themes and, and allegory and those things, I mean, again, I, I, and someone, again, I'm, I'm operating off of the remembering Finding Nemo a little bit better than I did Toy Story. So someone's going to have to stick up for Toy Story here after I finish, yeah. but yay. Okay, good. Go for it. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but yes, good. Tor- Tori's good. All right. But, um, so, like, with Finding Nemo, and I feel like we already touched on this a little bit with Finding Nemo, because, you know, you, like, Tori was even talking, I mean, like, I mentioned the bigness of the ocean. Like, you know, the the way that, the you know, they, they use the, the visual, they use um, the, even, like, the, the acting and how they express Marlin's, you know, fascination and fear and everybody else's, like, you know, general awe whether it's positive or negative in their lives like the awe of just how huge the ocean is like there's mm-hmm. um they they you know they, like again so like i think i thought they brought that a really well in a lot of different ways again visually um in the even in the editing like just how you see them traveling across like a space of nothing like when right before they meet the whale and the and the fish and stuff and you finding know? Dory's. yes yeah. right right or in finding dory and dory's yes. way ahead yeah right yes indeed mm-hmm. finding yeah <laughs> but the but even like at the beginning like you were talking about the you know like marlin going from like seeing wow look how big and open it is to oh my gosh it's so big and open but also even to the point where Mm-hmm. You know, like clownfish, again, you, again, we talked about this already, clownfish live in an enclosed space. Like, even just for the way that you understand the biology of that animal, like, they, I think that's one of the reasons they chose it, because it would take a lot to get a freaking clownfish to go out into the into the middle of nowhere. Like, it, it mm-hmm. the way this kind of story they wrote and the way that they played up, like, true facts about the world and then wrote mm-hmm. that into there like it's huge and then you know they they did the same thing with the with the sharks you know like mm-hmm. that you know i mean of course sharks are naturally fearful he had that with, with the fear of the sharks and then they're going to their aa meeting <laughs> for like <laughs> right, to like yeah. i am a nice shock <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, like I, I i feel like they took these understandings and these suppositions of these different animals and these different characters and even even the idea of you know part of you know Nemo's hero journey where they're where they're trying to escape from this enclosed thing you know they're both coming like both Marlin and Nemo are coming to the same point from opposite ends Marlin is going across mm-hmm. this massive insane ocean and Nemo is in this tiny enclosed ocean that is in a, do- a dentist's office right mm-hmm. they're, they're all they're both trying to do the same thing so again just like these all these back and forth different things. Like I, I feel like that that the imagery and the depth, it, you know, is every step of the way in Finding Nemo, um, and not not to say that Toy Story doesn't have that because again, it's been a while. But I feel like Finding Nemo was exceptional in its imagery, in its tropes, in its allegories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eloquent ending yeah. to a really long <laughs> deal. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really say all that about Toy Story. Ah, <laughs> I win! <laughs> so, moving on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I, I do want to go back for a bit and um, kind of talk about like the, the things at the toy level, like the, the world that they built to, or started to build. Because sure. they, go through different, they go through different levels, like the, you know, the anxiety of um, a birthday party. The, yeah. the whole the the whole what is it not self not self awareness um I guess the self the self consciousness kind of their mortality yeah let's let's mm-hmm. call it that their mortality <laughs> wow yeah of 
you know, every Christmas and birthday party, they have to go through, oh, is this the day where, you know, Andy gets a better dinosaur or does Andy get the next but the next great right. toy that everybody oh, wants? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they go through, you know, Pizza Planet where they get stuck in the claw machine where yeah. Woody, Woody's seen it all, and the the um the hive mind, the Stepford wiveness of the the aliens, because he's when they when they go through everything with the claw, Woody's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And then the third level is Sid and the way he treats his toys, because his his toys for um for comic book fans are kind of like Morlocks in the X Men. They are mutants that are you know disfigured they're not acceptable in regular society you take you take buzz and you take what is it the little the the baby doll crab thing i forget i forget what it's called yeah most kids will pick buzz over that because oh buzz looks normal but these other Mm -hmm. these other things are they're they're deformed they're you know mutants for lack of a better word. Also, to be fair, Sid made them that way. Yeah. Sid is the one that got, you know, normal, quote-unquote, looking toys, dolls, and then disfigured them and then put them, hello, I hear myself, and then put them, like, together with other ones, you know, and, like, made them something different. You know, uh, Master Builders from uh, the Lego movie? I kind of think Sid would be a Master Builder. Because some of those things are pretty freaking creative, like um, Ducky mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the the Jack in the Box with the hand on it, like as yeah. sentient toys. Some of those are super creative, and even the the baby mm-hmm. head with the crab that I was just talking about, it's still super kind of creative. I mean, there was like a fishing rod with like Barbie legs. No, the so hooker. I could, like, walk around and like go and. It's, yes. it's a hooker. Yeah, it was a hooker. Yeah. It is a hooker. Oh my gosh, it's a hooker. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's called the hooker. That's fantastic. Because it has the right? great legs and the. Yeah. It's it has a the hook, hook and the, the hook. So John Lasseter was like, what is this? And someone's like, it's a hooker. And he kind of giggled like Nick Williams and said, continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are funny. (laughs) Continue. Yeah. (laughs) Proceed. (laughs) But all of that to say that uh, they 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 created a universe based on like oh what would this be like and what would this be like and it's really the strength of Toy Story and honestly a lot of the the franchises of Pixar they have to sit there and think okay let's think outside the box with this super you know, abstract specific. world. Yeah, super, th- thank yeah. you, super specific world. Uh, next thing we have is uh, something that we'll all love, sound. <laughs> <laughs> we had two very different reactions there. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'll make this easy. Finding Nemo's score is very uh, therapeutic. I think I remember Heather saying that this the movie puts you to sleep mm-hmm. because of how great the, the the score and the sound is. Yeah, it's all very soothing because yeah. it's very it's very ocean. Not all of it. It's yeah, that's true. Sorry, not all of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. There, the there intense, are intense parts, parts have intense music. Yeah. yeah, obviously, but like in the beginning, and like at the end, and then the sandwich. Anyway, uh, in the beginning, <laughs> whenever I put it on, I'm just like, yeah, I could take a nap to this. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I wake up, and then it's still soothing. So, <laughs> here's what I've got to say about it too: is I mean, because we're, we're talking about all these things in different parts, but I think something that is really important is that when you're watching the movie, you don't experience. I mean, unless there's like a super specific part of the movie where it goes black and you can't see anything, and you can only hear stuff. Like, right, right. The like the, the music on its own is very soothing. It's very Which soft, does happen. Nice, but, mm-hmm. but but one of the <laughs> one of the things that's really important to remember is that at the beginning you're not just listening to the music you're also seeing this vast mysterious nothingness expanse that is the ocean Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so and also you know there's a i mean there's a lot of like low tones in there that without not very specific attacks which means that it's not very jarring and it's yeah it's soft and smooth nice but like you know the the sound in finding complements the effect they're trying to bring around about the massiveness of everything right uh, at right. least when you're in when you're in the ocean i mean you know it's it, it, the sounds are different when you're in the um when you're in the fish <laughs> yeah appropriately because 
because the environment is a tiny ocean that has walls. You know? mm-hmm. um, tiny ocean. Yeah, tiny ocean. Mm-hmm. Right? Actually, because I actually tiny. literally like I, I put those words to explaining the massive ocean versus the tiny ocean, like right, like just now when I said it. Juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but but no but again i think again i think toy story is, is goofy and nice and and one and one of the other things that's really good about the the story uh or that that's really good about the sound design in toy story is like you know i mean even tori was talking about like the the sounds that even you, you let's talk about sid's toys the sounds that come from sid's toys are weird and unique and strange and you know, something that you would expect from something that's deformed or mutant or that we're just not familiar with. And you're talking about, like, the sound effects that the toys individually make? Okay. Right, yeah. So, like, like the, the diegetic sounds that the mm-hmm. toys are producing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, and, you know, I think I think both movies are very artistically made, and, and they do what they do really well. But, again, I think the sound for Finding Nemo is also used to not just define characters, but also because it's in a different space it's used to define space yeah like right to to define new space and and not just to sound good but to add value because again the ocean is big vast and mysterious and the music is deep and vast and mysterious and i think does that really well beautifully said i'm just thinking about it i think um well i was about to say that uh finding nemo's whole sound is more natural but duh it takes place in water with real um, and a natural space. Yeah, in a mm-hmm. natural space. Not whereas, like plastic toys. Yeah, whereas Toy yeah. Story, like they would have to think, you know, what if a toy could walk by itself? What would that sound like? Grace, what do you say about the sound in the Foley? You're the sound sound effects nut. Once a once upon a time, um, you know, I I appreciate the Foley in Toy Story because it is something that is that exists purely in imagination we don't Mm -hmm. have any context for knowing what the world sounds like to a toy or at that minute level but we do know what it sounds like to be underwater and we do know what it sounds like to dive and and be in that world Mm -hmm. uh, to some extent so it's a little more relatable and and so from a foley perspective i think there's nothing that sticks out to me in in either of these movies, but from a soundtrack perspective, you're going for two very different emotions. The soundtrack for Finding Nemo is pulling at your heartstrings for the relationships that are being built and the situations that are mm-hmm. happening. And in Finding Nemo, it's all about environment and and the emotional aspect of what your characters are going through. Or what, or like the physical turbulence that they're going through. Right. Another thing that I just thought of um, the 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 deep moments that we're talking about at the beginning, at the end, when uh, of Finding Nemo at the beginning, at the end, when Marlin thinks Nemo is dead, when Dory is trying to keep Marlin from leaving, like the the dramatic yeah. moments. There's soft music there. And then, like like Ben said, it's scored for the moment. For stuff like mm-hmm. that, there isn't score for that in Toy Story, but there are songs. Because I'm thinking mm-hmm. the biggest, yeah. one of the biggest, like the two gut punch moments that I can think of is when Woody comes to the realization that Buzz is a better toy than he is. Mm-hmm. And he's been, a sh- he's been a little shit. And Andy, Andy should want to play with Buzz <laughs> over him. And then the other mm-hmm. moment is when Buzz realizes that he is a toy and he tries to fly and he can't. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. literally like the one part I remember. Yeah, the there's no score for yeah. that, but there is the song. There so is the song. There's kind of it's, it's like Buzz's theme, isn't it? Uh I thought I thought Buzz's theme plays as he jumps and then some and then no, like it's it all it's falls when he's falling. It's, a... it's part of the song. What you're talking about yeah. is part okay. of the song. Like that happened, okay, gotcha. the, the trumpet lick okay. plays, yeah. or the horn lick plays, and then Buzz jumps off, and then the the, uh, the song finishes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of apples and oranges, but I think with most of... Uh, so which do you like better, apples or oranges? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and yeah, I think that's an important point, too. Like, again, both movies are masterfully made. They achieve different things with different mm-hmm. tools, and it's mm-hmm. great. But yeah. our job isn't to decide, isn't to say, you know, apples and oranges are different, and we need to appreciate them. We're on a bracket. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to decide which is better, apples or oranges. <laughs> There can be ties, though. Like every once in a while, we have okay. ties. Okay, all right. Like, with, that's like within our within our little like subjects. Yeah, that's fair. Thing. That's not fair. like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the difficult things. When one of the reasons why we were so excited to do this one is because there's going to be so many things that each movie does well, but one still ultimately has to. You know, we have to at least there's the pretense that we have to try and find one that's better than the other one. So yeah, like, right. mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think and I think it's fair to say each movie is just is excellent. But if we come up with a winner, it doesn't mean the other movie is is garbage either. Correct. Exactly. Unless well, okay, unless it's on the spe- range, especially but... I'm just saying I'm not saying that's not what's going to happen. I'm just <laughs> saying that it doesn't have to happen that way. <laughs> yeah. The, the next bullet point, I'm going to just, we're just going to fast forward to that one because the next point is, which is a better 3D experience? It's Finding Nemo. Watching mm. watching oh, yeah. Finding Nemo in 3D is better than watching Toy Story in 3D because there's not really that much to watching that movie in 3D. It's all kind of, there's no atmosphere to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. yeah. I think Toy Story would try to be more gimmicky with their 3D if they even had like if they had like chances kind of thing oh, but with I, like Finding Nemo it can be deeper broader yeah what's interesting for me depth. is I I don't even think so much 3D like yes I think Finding Nemo would be better in 3D but really what my mind goes to instead of 3D is IMAX yeah is that I want to see That's Finding fair. Nemo in IMAX yeah, I did sure. I think this is one of the few movies that I did see in 3D because I don't see 3D movies often but IMAX would be worth seeing this sure yeah i agree well and again i think i think there's two things that kind of go into that too like it's kind of again what i mentioned before is that finding nemo it has the benefit of being a later movie so it had the benefit of being a little more advanced in technology and mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. used their tools more so they were able to create you know instead of a, a world that in you know this is you know even though it's from the, a toy's perspective which humans are not familiar with it's in a suburban right. neighborhood which humans are familiar with so it was mm-hmm. i'm sure it was an, an easier world mm-hmm. to conceive yeah. of an easier world to build and then yeah. you know finding nemo again with the benefit of of experience and hindsight and time um you know was able to create this vast interesting new experience um so but but yeah i think and again i think a lot of the elements we already talked about too like also add to that and i mean that's you know there's the 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 sum of the parts but but yes i think i think finding nemo is a more beautiful movie for and again for whatever bonuses it it had from you know being newer and whatever i still i agree i think i think it is the more beautiful movie and i think they use the 3d tools to greater effect because they were because of the setting and because of the 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 experience is it time is it time oh what before we do that i had one or two small trivia things that you oh boy. might think interesting on uh i think on what is it imdb yeah someone wrote mm-hmm. that buzz's mission to like buzz's like programmed mission is pretty much the same as r2d2's mission from star wars because Buzz says he has uh, Zerg, he has plans about Zerg's great weapon, and he's the only one that knows the weakness, which is oh, the yeah. exact same thing that R2- R2-D2 has the, de- the Death Star plans, and he's going to Star Command. R2-D2 yeah. was supposed to go to Alderaan, but ended up on Tatooine. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Which is mm. lovely, because Skywalker uh, sound does the sounds for, ah, for Toy yes. Story. Pixar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> And Toy Story is the shortest Pixar movie to date. That makes Which sense. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, rankings. So, yeah. Tori originally ranked Toy Story as number four. I initially ranked Toy Story as 17, and Heather ranked Toy Story in her weird tier three of four. Yeah, my tiers. Oh, Heather, we're going to make you rank these. Eventually, yeah. Uh, Maybe that'll be part of the finale. We can do a whole mini episode on Heather actually ranking. Can I rank them for her? No, but you can do a separate ranking. Okay, I'll do do that eventually. (laughs) Um, 
Why did I put Cinderella as number four? That's not real. I, I remember I remember episode zero. I asked you, why did you put Cinderella so high? Like, you put That's because of the mice. Real. Because of the mice. That's why. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's because That's of not real. What even? Because, Grace, it's because of Octavius. Yes, the one, that know. mouse, <laughs> specifically. Um, okay, so for Finding Nemo, Tori put... Finding Nemo at 25. Ah. I put it at 3. Okay. And Heather put it as 4th tier. Oh, that would move up. Why did I put Cinderella as 4th? Especially since it might win this episode. You're going to be eating your tears there. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Mm. Man. Mm. I feel a coalition between me and Grace forming. (laughs) Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. They would it be is, a force. It is Ooh. that time again. It is that time. Okay, so Tori, you're up. Tori first. I want to go last. First. I want to go last. Tori first. What's Tori happening? Tori always goes last. What no. is happening? <laughs> oh, this is the part where we pick uh, which which one wins. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now it's so... time. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so my pick is obviously Finding Nemo. Um, it has an emotional place for me, or emotional place in my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. I have emotional ties to it. I have, um, like, I, I think it's a fantastic story. It is actually a really, like, if you had to identify a movie with a fantastic hero's journey and mm. plot all the parts of a hero's journey, this would be a mm-hmm. great example. So... To all of our twelve-year-old listeners, um, <laughs> all one of them. Yeah. All, oh dear, bless your ears. Mostly me. Um, <laughs> it's Ben. Ben is the twelve-year-old. <laughs> uh, I do give Toy Story credit for being the first. I do give it credit for having an awesome ensemble and carrying that ensemble through a series. Um, it certainly has the better sequel being Toy Story 3, not 2, because that's bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. But Finding Nemo, I think, is the better standalone movie. Ben, you next. Okay. Uh, I agree. I think Finding Nemo is the better of the two. Uh, the reason being, be, and again, it's, it's a lot similar to what Grace said. Like, Toy Story was first. Toy Story was fantastic. It has a lot of the, my favorite actors. I mean, even if, if you just go with Buzz and uh, Buzz and Woody, like Tim Allen and uh, Tom Hanks. Oh man, almost forgot his name. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> How dare! <laughs> uh, but Tim Allen and Tom Hanks like are in many of my other favorite movies. But again, so I agree. Like it, it was first. It had everything going for it. I think Toy Story is as good as it possibly could be. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like. Finding Nemo is as great of a success as it is because of Toy Story, um, because it Mm -hmm. set the stage for the studio. It set the standard for the studio. And Finding Nemo is, even though Toy Story or even even though Pixar has come out with some movies that are (laughs) not so great, um, Finding Nemo Mm -hmm. is one of the most excellent movies that they have put out a lot. Then again, for a lot of reasons, because it built on top of the legacy that Toy Story started. Um, so I, and specifically, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the characters, um, and the characterization with all the different people that they meet. Um, and I I think the, I think all of the elements come together to display the, like, I mean, like, like, like Grace was saying, to display the hero's journey and the then Nemo's finding of the community really, really well in a very touching, emotional and heartfelt way. Toy Story did too, but Finding Nemo had a lot more going for it because it was later, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and I think I, my vote is for Finding Nemo. Tori? I agree with what all of you guys have said so far. Despite my my rankings last episode, which are fluid in the top five, uh, <laughs> I will go, I will say that uh, Finding Nemo wins for me because uh, despite, despite Toy Story being first, Toy Story's the wheel... Um, Finding Nemo is kind of like a wheel with spinners on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which is I good feel... depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they're always good. Sorry. Um, always. Oh, Toy man, Story you're one was, of those guys. <laughs> Toy, Story was the, Toy Story was the first Pixar film. Um, looking at it, Finding Nemo is the fifth. I feel like 
between um wow i I feel like that was like really soon after toy story yeah Mm -hmm. pixar hit its pixar hit its i feel like pixar hit its character stride somewhere between toy story 2 and monsters inc Mm -hmm. sure and uh finding nemo is such a much better character study than toy story by itself i say if you take into account toy story one two and three it's a better uh it's the whole of those three is it's a bigger it's, picture it's yeah. a bigger picture like it, it's a broader sure. story sure but just looking at these two films head to head i will say that uh finding nemo was is better because i i was struggling to find um greater superiorities um mm-hmm. over um toy story mm-hmm. not to yeah. say that it's bad it's still great i, st- I still yeah. say it's top five but yeah. i will say that finding nemo is better mm-hmm. something i noticed in um looking up the the order all the pixar movies all 20 have either come out in june november or there are two that came out in May. Like, without fail. And even those two, it was at the end of May. So, Pixar movies either come out in June or November. That's I feel very like that's consistent. not an accident. Probably not. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Apple. Yep. Yeah. Where they, where they accidentally left an iPhone in the bar that one time. Did you hear about that? Uh-uh. Like... Suppose that was that was some marketing play that they did. Apparently, they left one of they left one of their prototype iPhones, and so, like a developer forgot it in a bar somewhere, and then people found it. They're like, "What is this?" And then they found it and brought hmm. it back. But was generated a ton of free press for them. <laughs> yeah, that's a trap. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Heather. What, Heather, what was your pick? Finding Nemo. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, <laughs> My my we choices did. are we yeah. did oh yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no You're eating, eating here tonight you you on a diet oh wait huh <laughs> oh my gosh I was wondering if that would come and up it this comes episode. full circle <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but my my choices are mostly based on like the stories and how they're told and which one is told better in a sense pretty much and um, I feel like. Finding Nemo had more stories to tell with um, Marlin's, you know, hero's journey, and then also Nemo's hero's journey, and which like we didn't really even like touch on very like very much, you know. But it was him being mad at his dad, and then him getting over it because he's like, oh shit, I miss my dad, and also all these people have it like way worse than I do. I want to get the fuck out of here and go back to my dad and be back in the ocean and not, you know die in a plastic bag so yeah i mean finding nemo so going on to cool. the next round is finding nemo Ooh. so Yay. how many do we have left seven or is it five you're talking about in round three or period with this moving on how many yes how many movies are left we still have three more to do before we get three down more to, pairs yeah before we get down to eight. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh Really? I thought we were already in the top eight. Almost. Getting there. So do we know what Finding Nemo is going to go against? Nope. Damn. Okay. I'll look that up while uh, Grace is telling us what she has for Drunk Disney. Because this is the OG, we'll repeat our Mm. uh, Drunken Disney for Finding Nemo. Uh, Ben, you should partake. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't take much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, big time. Yep. (laughs) Uh, so the drinking rules oh boy. for <laughs> Drunken Disney are drink anytime Dory forgets something. Ha! Drink anytime <laughs> someone says Nemo. Ha! And drink anytime someone says mine. Ah! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like what consists of a drink? <laughs> <laughs> Can be a sip. Okay, there so it doesn't have to be a shot, right? No. Because, man, those, is, those no. crabs would I kill me. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I'll talk, I'll talk. <laughs> for this for this specific Drunken Disney, the very first Drunken Disney, I believe I was drinking rum and root beer. 
Ooh, um, oh, it, how have mm, I never thought of that before? It's so good. Do oh. cheap root beer, like do Kroger brands root beer uh, instead of like Barks because it has more vanilla notes, so it'll be better with dark rum. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, side Sorry. note, this is one of the reasons I like root beer is there is no knockoff root beer. There are only different kinds of root beer. Like <laughs> Mr. Right. Pib, knockoff Dr. Mm-hmm. Pepper. Kroger brand root beer, just another brew. Right? <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> yeah. So I looked up what Finding Nemo will be going up against in the next round. It will be going up against Mulan. What? Mm-hmm. Ah. Oof. Ah. Ooh. Since I have it up, let's see where we put Mulan. Oh, uh, Tori ranked it as 18th. I ranked it as 15th. Heather ranked it as tier one. <laughs> I wonder Man. which one I will choose. Yeah. Heather, are you gonna... <laughs> Heather might have some feels. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Huh. Okay. Huh. Ooh, that's going to be... That's going to be, be good different. One. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, let's do it now then. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to come back. Um, Okay. So that's our episode. Uh, Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, It was lovely having you. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. We'll have to bring you back next round or for an episode or for for a bonus episode or whatever. Just let me know. I'll I'll be back as often as you want me. Um, Do you have anything to plug? Like, what are you up um, to? N- uh, well, I mean, I, I'm nothing specific to plug. I do have a few things in the works. Um, actually, there, I just started a new Twitch channel with my friend. Are you guys familiar with the story of Bartleby? <gasps> yes. Bartleby? Or do you know who Bartleby the Scrivener is? Have you ever heard of I that? don't, but I'm familiar with Twitch. Continue. Okay, so yes, yeah, so lots of people, <laughs> people are familiar with Twitch. Uh, I have this, it's it's a very low-key project at the moment, but there's a, there's this, long story short, there's this story called Bartleby the Scrivener where there's a lawyer who's hiring someone, he needs someone to like do his uh, secretarial skills and stuff and things, um, and there he hires this guy named Bartleby who starts off great, but then the whole story devolves when one day Bartleby, he asks Bartleby to do something. Bartleby says... I would prefer not to. And then he starts lackadaisily doing stuff. He moves into the office, and then for fear of, like, really hurting Bartleby, the law, the law office moves out of where Bartleby <laughs> lives. Like, it's oh. it's crazy. Wow. But the, but the, the defining thing is Bartleby prefers not to. And I have a friend who's wanted to kind of, like, do a, sort of an audiobook sort of thing. So what we do is we he assumes the visage of Bartleby, and then Ooh. reads books that are more than 100 years old to avoid copyright violation. <laughs> so, hey, there you go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> so we've done one episode so far. We read the first few pages of The Count of Monte Cristo, and we're going to oh, do... Oh, nice. Yeah, but if yeah. you're looking it up on Twitch, it is Bartleby Prefers to Read. Um, and that's going to be a, a developing thing. We're not sure where it's going to go, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing that, and I will possibly have more things to plug in the future, but that's about it right now. Cool, I dig it. Nice. Yeah. My boyfriend is also on Twitch. Um, he is, it's twitch.tv slash buttlumps. Uh, B-U-T-L-U-M-P-S. Hold on, sorry, can you spell that one more time for me? <laughs> B-U-T-L-U-M-P-S. Wait, sorry, one more time. I think you forgot a T in there. Hold on. No, <laughs> there's just only one T. Buttlumps. Okay. <laughs> Yep, uh, I'm definitely he, gonna go see that channel. <laughs> you should! Oh my gosh, and say that I sent you. Oh, uh, good. Only because uh, he is trying to get more into like the streaming life and stuff like that. He uh, achieved what Twitch affiliate like a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, lately, yeah, lately he has been playing um, PUBG. Uh, he always plays Rocket League, and like his more recent like game that he's really been involved in is uh, something called Deceit. Uh, which is, oh my gosh, what's it kind of like? I keep thinking it's kind of like Town of Salem, which is also like Mafia. So it's very cool. And basically there's innocence and there's infected. And when you're the infected, you have to like pretend that you're not. And it's really, really fun. And yeah, so check it out. Twitch.tv slash backslash forward slash forward slash buttlumps. Only one T, folks. Only one T. <laughs> You can find Disney Versus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus and on Twitter at Disney VS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please give us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing. If you give us a five-star review, we will uh, 
read it during an episode and give you a shout out. You can also find us on Google Play Music where you can give us what kind of rating, Grace? 18.14 Shark teeth. Oh, or fishes. <laughs> what? Heather, Heather, did you say shark teeth? Yes, yes she did. <laughs> and, hey, speaking of, it's shark week, right? Or is that next week? I think that was last week. I that thought was it was last week. Yeah. Damn. I know, I, I missed I it missed too. It. Dang. One, by the way, one of the most bipolar weeks on television, let me tell you. It's either like, <laughs> yeah. oh, sharks aren't that scary. You should love them. Or, death to all people. Sharks are going to eat you. Rah, rah, rah. There's no in between. It's just one or the other. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love the bite stories. Yes. Those okay, are the ones. Are the like, it <laughs> just undercuts everything where, like, we should save the sharks and love the sharks. Oh, but also, this person got their arm bit off and it was horrible. <laughs> Stay away from sharks. Bottom line. That's our show. Thank you for listening as always, and we will see you guys next episode. Bye! 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 Bye.